back in the Jar the Boss Man show, joined by the coach of Elizabeth City State Vikings, Sean Walker. Coach Walker, what's good, man? Just another day's journey. Glad to be here. Glad to be glad to be seen. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's a difficult time in the world right now, so I'm just happy to be uh, be kicking and be alive and be on this side of the turf. I hear that, Coach. Uh, let me just ask you this, man. Uh, when everything went down in March with COVID, Coach, uh, how did you guys handle that for was the staff and your players having to go from being on campus to online and getting guys back home, make sure their grades stayed up high when they was back at home? So talk to us about that process of kind of keeping the guys steady and stable while uh, this pandemic <laughs> raised through the country in March here and still going now. Well, it was a it was a very unique time. I tell you, when I first heard about uh, COVID nineteen coronavirus, I almost took it as a joke. You know, did, did just thinking Corona, and, and then as it began to propel, propel, and propel, you realize we had something serious going on, and 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 then all of a sudden, um, excuse me, all of a sudden it's 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 sent everybody home and go to go to school virtually, and uh, it just really took a took 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 a a, a toll on, uh, luckily our season was over um, and the CIAA tournament was over, but it just takes a really a toll on your interaction with your players and, um, and, and kind of the uniqueness of everybody being home and going to school online. Uh, so, hey, Zoom started then. I mean, first time I heard about Zoom was, uh, was in March and, and everybody's Zooming then and trying to figure out how uh, uh, to communicate and, and stay socially distant. And, and so I, I, I pretty much would say just like everybody else, we recruited over Zoom, um, FaceTime, uh, uh, media and social media took its, took its course. And, and we try to stay in tune with our players that way. And we're doing the same thing this semester. And you got to close to academic advisor because I know that's a key role during this period of time. Having that advisor lead the guys, look at the, the blackboard and make sure they're doing their assignments and hold them accountable, man. That that, that role really took a very precedent during this pandemic that spring semester and summer right there, Coach, for sure, to get, make sure the guys are on point academically as well. Well, in small schools like ours, we're, uh, the coaches are the academic advisors. All right, wow. so so here, here this semester, I don't have an academic advisor uh, in the athletic department. Um, so that's part of my role and part of my assistant coaches' roles. <clears throat> um, we've even given roles to student assistants and and volunteer assistants and kind of tracking what our players are doing on a day-to-day basis, creating uh, 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 schedules for them to, to, to sit down and actually study, even though they're, they're, they're studying from afar. Um, kind of having weekly check-ins, uh, multi-weekly check-ins, <clears throat> uh, trying to make sure that we know what's going on and stay abreast of what's going on with progress reports and assignments being turned in. So you, you, you think about academic support for a lot of schools that you probably talk to every day, but you're talking to the primary academic support person at Elizabeth City for men's basketball because that's, that becomes our task during this particular time. Most definitely. And you know, when – I can only imagine coach doing his time trying to figure out scheduling, raising money for the school. And, you know, I'm an HBCU grad myself, Tennessee State, so I know how resources are. HBCU schools are very limited, man. And I can only imagine trying to get games played, playing some to make sure you guys raise money for school because what people are understand about small schools and HBCUs is that men's basketball, women's basketball and football generate revenue for everybody else take care of everybody else, and it's very key to raise that money for non-conference games and stuff. That could send people back 
in a month away is on staff and beyond. Yeah. Well, right now, you know, it's difficult. You talk about scheduling games. We're do, we're we're doing so more of uh, of of canceling games. Um, we don't know what the non-conference schedule is going to be like. It seems like at this point that um, no basketball is going to be played at least until the month of January. Um, the NCAA kind of has workouts on a halt right now. Um, so right now, we really don't know what's going to happen with our season. Uh, our focal point really at this point is not even about playing basketball. It's about, one, keeping everybody safe. Number two, trying to figure out when we'll be able to have some some athletic-related activity. And, and probably at the forefront of that is making sure that when we do get an opportunity to play, that everybody's eligible. And so uh, academically – Academically, guys being away from from school uh, really staying abreast of of what happens uh, on on the academic side, and that's very important, coach. Because main thing is we want to make sure our, our young kids get a degree because that degree can take you so much farther once basketball ends. Because we are the, the ball starts bouncing for us all eventually at some point. You, you may get in the coaching like, like you got in coaching, or you may get in the, in the business world or get in the media. But the ball has to bounce. You have to fall back on once the ball stops bouncing for good. Absolutely, absolutely. And now, Coach, uh, let's talk to, talk to the listeners about the D2 level. Um, tell us the difference between the D2 level and the, and the D1 level. Things for scholarships, uh, how, how much you can work, work guys out, and how much, you know, resources you guys get. Because I feel like people don't understand how at the lower D1 level and D2 level, there's a lot of stuff they don't realize that goes on for the finances and the money and the scholarships that differ from the power files or the group of five schools that you see in D1 as well. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, well, for Division One, I've had an opportunity to coach at almost all levels, NAIA, Division II, um, women, men, <clears throat> Division One. So the, the striking difference for Division One, there's a few. In Division One, there's 13 full scholarships, all right? Um, each Division One university has the maximum allotment of 13 scholarships, not meaning that all schools have those, all right? <clears throat> In Division Two you have 10 full scholarship equivalency, all right? And so that equivalency is a major term because equivalency means you can, you can offer up to the dollar amount of 10 full scholarships, all right? Okay. In Division One, there's 13 scholarships. So in Division Two, I can break my scholarships up and give a guy 3,000 or 4,000 or 10,000 and make 15 guys, put 15 guys in a bubble of 10. All right, and in Division One, there's no such thing as a as as a partial scholarship. So that's one that's one striking difference. Um, I would say number two, obviously, budgetary wise, uh, in Division Two, um, we're staying a little closer to the vest. We're not traveling quite as much. Most of our trips are going to be on the bus. Um, we don't have the money games. Uh, we we won't play the ACC schools for big money unless it's uh uh. uh unless those games are exhibition games. And then, of course, in Division One, at the smaller scale for HBCUs, a lot of times they're playing um, a lot of games in the money that, for money early in the year uh, that are worth $80,000, $100,000 for a pop. Um, and, you know, for the most part, basketball is basketball. There's a, there's a little bit difference in the rules and the regulations, but for the most part, there's a balance in practice times and, and the amount of practice that you can have by the week. 
Um, the, the NCAA has now kind of balanced us to where after the fourth day of class, you can work um, eight hours a week, just like Division I. Um, we don't really practice during the summertime like Division I's do. They can go to summer school and have full practices uh, and workouts during the summer. We don't do that. Uh, so the Division II uh, process is more what people would say is student-related. Uh, it's, it's, it's organized and run by the SAC committee, which is the Student Athletic Advisory Committee, okay. uh, and they vote on what the students want. And uh, once those students decide that's what they want, they couple with the NCAA, and we kind of roll that way. So on a smaller scale, it's big-time basketball at Division Two, or big-time athletics, I should say, at Division Two. Most definitely. And, you know, uh, I must tell you, Coach Walker, I, I feel like you should still be at Grambling, but we, we're not going to go down that path. But I know that was a, you got your opportunity there in year three. You had those guys going. I hate that you didn't get to stay there. But, hey, you're back at, 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 at home in Lisbon City. You was there all the coach women and the men. So, after that Grambling situation happened, how good was the combat to somewhere you, you know it was home that, that, that you knew that you had a, a roots there and you knew how it all worked, man. And now you're back going to your third year once you, since you return now? Yeah, that's a great question, man. I, you know, Grandma was good to me while I was there. My time obviously came to an end um, before I thought it would, um, but I'm still appreciative for that opportunity. And uh, having a chance to come back to Elizabeth City, I, I'll say first, you know, being out of, of college basketball for a year, it was great to just have an opportunity to be a head coach again, period. Uh, there's a, there is a lot of guys that don't get a chance to to once we lose our jobs, there's a lot of guys don't get a chance to uh, to, to do it again. And so uh, coming back to Elizabeth City, obviously let me know that uh, the time that I was here pre prior to my leaving, um, that that I was well thought of, um, was able to come back to my alma mater again, be closer to home to my parents. Uh, so it was a, it was an awesome it's an awesome opportunity, and I'm trying to make the best out of it and hopefully make the alumni here at Lisbon City State uh, proud once again. I think they're proud to have you, man, because having one of your own is the lead of the program to make the alumni feel good, the boosters feel good, because, you know, because you actually care and bleed the Viking blue. So you know what it's all about. So so, so having that having that back in the saddle has to make everybody happy. And I know it made you feel like you're at home once again, and just like you never left at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Most definitely. Now, Coach, also, man, I want to talk to you about a mutual friend of ours, Coach Randy Peel. He, he talks so highly of you, man. I know he recruited you to Campbell. So tell us a story yeah. about how you met Coach Peel and what he's meant to you in your career, man, all these years. Well, it's crazy, man. Coach Peel uh, was the first guy that I spoke to in 1989, 1990, whatever, whatever time it was. I remember him calling me, uh, I think it was on a Thursday night. Um, my high school coach told me that he was going to be calling at 9 o'clock. And, uh, man, at 9 o'clock, that, that was during a time we didn't have uh, cell phones then, right? It was, it was uh, house phones, and it was still busy signals, and you didn't have call waiting and all that good stuff, right? Yeah. And, and uh, I remember him picking the phone up, and he said, Sean, this is Coach Peel from Campbell University, and you see I'm not late. It's right at 9 o'clock. I, I, I like to be efficient like that. And that has stuck, that stuck out in my mind as I've gone through, through, through the coaching profession and even just, just remembering him from, a, from beginning because, you know, what they say is in literature, in literature we have to look at the scenery. And the scenery is a, a, a dictation of what the end of the story is going to be like. Most and definitely. so when I, when I take a look at my first encounter with him and him saying, it's 9 o'clock, 
and I'm not late, you see I'm right on time, to me looking at him today and noting that we had an interview last week and he was 30 minutes early and making sure that he had everything together and how meticulous he is as a coach. Um, the, the, the ending of that story at this point, which is not the ending because our relationships is, is ever flowing, but it just shows me what a tireless worker he is, what, what a diligent worker he is, what an organized type of man he is, what a family man he is, how much he loves to be in the gym, how much he loves basketball, how much he loves people, all right? And so our connection today is about the connection that I have with Coach Peel, and he thought it not robbery to introduce us because he spoke just as highly of you as obviously he spoke to you about me. And that's what networking is about. That's what connectivity is about. And that's what makes me think about uh, Coach Peel, man, when I, when I just – uh, just, just kind of think about our interactions. Um, you know, I've always, I've always thought very highly of him, and and obviously that 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 thought pattern grows on a day to day basis as we get older. What's great about it is, no, I'm a media guy. Now, I never played for him, but we're he, he's like he treats one of his players. Like I can call him many time, text him many time, meet up with him many time. We we just had a relationship, and I'm not even a player for him. So I just I just know how he was as a recruiter. Of like of guys and being a coach of guys, I watched it with Tennessee State with high you know, with young men. So just the passion for the game of basketball, passion for people, and how he just everyone nobody's a stranger to Coach Peel. Everybody knows him, and he's real with you, shoots you straight with you always, and, and he definitely has love for everybody. And we definitely can't help you out like he did brought us together as well today, which is a great thing. You know, that's the, he that's, he's just. Uh, just knows everybody in the business, so I'm just, he's just a, such a great man. He inspired me. Now, I'm a radio guy. He inspires me. So I know he inspired you as a coach and in the profession as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now, Coach Walker, man, man, just, man I know with the pandemic, man, uh, being able to talk to your young men about, you know, the pandemic and also the Kills of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery in Georgia, Brown Taylor. Um, how have you been able to use this time to teach, teach young men about the adversity they're going to face as young black men going forward in life? Because check off this this jersey, you're just a black guy. Like I tell my Hawks gear, I'm a black man. Take off your polo shirt of Little City, you're just Sean, a black guy. So how have you used this time to teach, teach your young men about what they have to face going forward once they get out of basketball and, man, get in this real world here and also carry themselves a certain way so they would, would not end up a story or a hashtag? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, man. Number one, let me say to you that I'm dad even first before coach. And so my son is 6'6", and is an athlete, and has his own car and kind of moves around and – and, and is a great kid, is a smart kid, but at the end of the day, uh, he is also, you know, a, a, a young black man um, growing up in this, in, in, this, in, in this tyrant, so to speak. So uh, initially, man, as, as George Floyd happened and as we kind of paid close attention to the details that we all know about, unfortunately, uh, I didn't speak to my team about it initially. I gave them a chance to kind of process to kind of listen, to kind of hear, to kind of get engulfed into all the things that were going on. And then after two weeks, I came back and says, let's have a small conversation. And I said, I want you guys to process what you think you're seeing. And I want you guys to take a great look at what your eyes are telling you you're seeing. And now let's come back next week and have a discussion. So now that's three weeks 
Because a lot of times what we have to do is we have to share with our young people and almost thrust them into a situation where they actually have to think, all right? It, it's like when you see it and other people are talking about it, it doesn't mean you're really processing it. It's like it kind of running by you, but this is something that you have to, you have to, you have to, 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 to make them really consider what you are seeing and Most hearing. Definitely. And then, and then be able to, to, to internalize and verbalize what it means to you because you are very close of an encounter just like a George Floyd to getting the life sucked out of you in broad daylight. You yes, know what I mean? Like, 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 and one, and one of the things I, I say to my guys, it's like, and I say to my son, I'm like, you know, you got to realize even back in the days that, that we knew about the Klan and, and this lynching and all this history that we know of, all those things, bad things that happened to black people then happen at night, right? Mm -hmm. they, 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 hung, they hung men at night. They burned crosses in their backyard at night, Most all right? Definitely. And this happened in broad daylight with a camera, <laughs> okay? So this tells us where we are in this society, and we have to be able to do everything that we can to, to not put ourselves in a predicament but when those things happen to us, even though we haven't done anything wrong, and when you don't do anything wrong, hey, you want to be able to live to tell your story. And so, you know, I've said to my son, listen, take your driver's license, put them out uh, on the dashboard, put it out where you can grab it without having to go into, take your registration, grab it, so you don't have to go into the glove compartment, all right? When, turn the lights on, roll the windows down, put your hands on the steering wheel, you, you, you do everything that you can so when they flash that light in the car, all of your documentation is there. Everything that you need to do is there. And if, in fact, they take you to jail, I can get you out. But I can't wake you up when you go to sleep for the last time. And, and so, you know, live to tell about the story. Just, just be ready to go, be able to go home. And we have those conversations with our young man. Um, because the world's not fair. I mean, hey, we just talked about what I thought happened to me at Gramlin, and that's nothing. But at 45 years old, I got a real uh, a live uh, understanding that we don't get everything in life we think we deserve, all right? Definitely. And that's not a black or white issue. That's just an issue. And so we need to have a great understanding of exactly where we are, what, what's going on, and then try to maneuver yourself so and, and pray every day that you don't get yourself in one of those situations. And coach, you know, um, since that happened for me personally, I've been using my show, man, to discuss this issue with, with our listeners. And I was bound with coach. I've lost four sponsors since I've been discussing these issues, which showed me about those sponsors and where they stand. Uh -huh. Because if you're going to uh -huh. leave me for talking about social issues as, as a black man, you, you, you never had my back. I was all I was spitting your narrative about the Hawks, the Braves, the Falcons. Y'all good. But when I was talking about my people, what I endure, what we right. endure, you want to leave right. me. So right. I feel like here in Atlanta, um, the civil rights hub of the South, really, in Alabama, too. Um, we got John Lewis that's passed away, CCT Vivian, Reverend Dr. Reverend Lowry, and Ambassador Andrew Young, all historical figures from Atlanta, Martin Luther King, who were part of the movement. So I felt like I had to. Use the platform I have for good. I'm 33 right. years old, man. I I know what time of day it is. Now, you know this. Uh, probably you and I 
are the first ones in our family to be born free with all our rights from the fair house that voted rights that's rights. Like my mom and dad were born in the sixties and fifties. They, they, they wasn't born for rights, but we were. So I knowing that I'm gonna speak the truth for them and use what the Lord gave me to help others and educate others who are who are willing to listen. If you change one, you can change more hearts at the same time. So I'm trying to reach one, and they'll tell somebody else. Somebody else. Hopefully, it'll compound that way, and we can all get to a point where it's equal for all, not just on paper. Absolutely, absolutely. And yes, coach, and also, man, I talked about this, man. Uh, coaching is in the swag, man. TSU is an OVC, so we we didn't get to do the full black conference experience. So how was it traveling the swag, man, coaching at his conference, man, all the energy of all those 10 schools in that conference, man, and also seeing see the outside of the Blake. We know how he's in Charlotte every year. So let's talk about coaching in a, in a fully HBCU conference, how that experience is for players and as a coach and, and the fans. Yeah, that, man, that, that's a unique question. That's a great question, man. I mean, in the swag, um, the, the swag is a football comp. So, 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 and, and obviously, I had a, a great opportunity to work in Grambling. And so, Grambling is, 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 is Grambling almost ought to be named Eddie Robinson University, right? It should be, it should be because Eddie Robinson walks that campus every day, all right? Uh, Roger Fobbs is a, is, is a great coach, and, but he's, he's uh, taking over the throne from, from a Eddie Robinson standpoint, and Doug Williams, and all those guys, there'll always be a football coach. I imagine that it's an Eddie Robinson guy. Um, and I don't know how the University of Alabama <clears throat> in Tuscaloosa could be any more dynamic of a football place than Grambling is at Grambling. I mean, on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays before Saturday games, the RVs are out there. They're tailgating on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays. Wow. Right? So foot, football-wise, now when I started their basketball there probably wasn't 150 people in the gym. And that was to be included, the referees, both of the teams, and the scores table, all right? And it just wasn't a basketball place. Um, and obviously, we, we started to win a little more, be a little bit more competitive. And we, 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 we saw the students come to the games and the people from the outside begin to come to the games. Um, traveling throughout this course of the SWAC, it's kind of like that. The SWAC's not totally committed to a following of basketball, all right? Um, there are some good crowds. Uh, Texas Southern has been a perennial power there. They're not well, that games are not necessarily well attended. Um, but Houston also has a bunch of schools that, that play basketball and that, that are well attended. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a football conference. The CIAA on the, on the flip side of that would be the reciprocal of what I just said. Right. Mm -hmm. so, so in football in the CIAA, it's not going to be as well attended if you take out of consideration homecomings. All right. But basketball games at Elizabeth City, I'm going to play in front of twenty five hundred, three thousand people a night. All right. I'm going to I'm going to do it. All our students are coming to every game because we're the only game in town. All right. And our games are going to be night to night to night. Well, very, very well attended. And then you of course, you're taking all that energy to Charlotte uh, in the past, and it would, it would go to Baltimore this year. And then, you, you know, you have the CIAA tournament, which is a, a universal uh, black event, uh, African-American event. Oh, so back in the days when I played, the CIAA tournament ticket was a premium. We were the second largest basketball tournament in the country by virtue of attendance. And the only tournament larger than the CIAA tournament was the ACC. 
Uh, and so we basically outsold tickets to all of the division, big division one conferences, the Big East, uh, the SEC. They didn't have a tournament that was comparable to ours. Um, now we've kind of gotten to a point where all the people are on the outside of the tournament and they party all day. And the city is still booming with excitement, but some of those people are not, not making it in the building and there's still a pretty decent crowd. Uh, so um, the two, from the two conferences, uh, both of them are a little bit different, but the excitement there and the culture there is certainly exciting on both sides. And, uh, and I've been really fortunate to be able to, uh, to, to work in both of those leagues. Now, how do you feel about moving to Baltimore? I, I'm kind of sad about that, Coach. I wish to say in Charlotte because right off the road on I-85, easy to drive up there, man. Baltimore going to be a little bit of a haul to make it up to the Baltimore, man. <laughs> a little bit of a haul, man. But how do you feel about moving up to, up to Baltimore City now, up to Maryland now? Well, you know, from a coaching standpoint, you know, we always get to a point that we just want to show up somewhere and try to have a chance to win. Um, so the location really doesn't matter a lot. Now, from an economic standpoint, from a location standpoint, it's going to be much colder in Baltimore than it is in Charlotte. Definitely. And uh, so, you know, I don't think we're going to get a chance to see what Baltimore is going to present to us this year with this, um, with this world health crisis uh, that, we're, that we're dealing with. Um, so, so it remains to be seen. Um, you know, the conference, obviously, I, I, I don't believe, by based upon the things that I'm reading, that Charlotte really wanted us back. Uh, they didn't fight to keep us. Um, and it's, and it's unique because the conference office is in Charlotte. Like, we moved everything to Charlotte, and now we're moving seemingly out of Charlotte. So uh, I don't know if, if there'll be a plan to go away to come back or whatever it may be. There is a short contract with uh, Baltimore. I do know. I think it's only two years. And so it doesn't look like we're going to be going to Baltimore this year for, for, a, um, for, 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 for a tournament. So uh, uh, we'll see how it goes, man. We just hope it goes well and hope Elizabeth City has a chance to win it in Baltimore before, before it leaves. Now, how often do you guys play Morehouse and Clark? Now, I know they're in the, in the SIAC. Uh, so how, uh, how often do you play those teams down, down here at the town street from me in the AUC? Yeah, we have – We I've been – during my coaching career here at Elizabeth City, I have been and played both of those schools. Um, we, we, we've gone to tournaments at Morehouse um, and, and spent some time there. Uh, but we don't get a chance to play them often. The, the NCAA kind of has Division II set up in regions. So the SIAC is outside of our region for whatever the case may be. Uh, and it's a, just a long trip. So as I talked about long bus rides, we're eight hours away um, – it's, it's a long trip to go. We definitely wouldn't go and play one game. We'd have to go and play two games, but uh, we don't get a chance to play. But, hey, my, my good friends from uh, Clark Atlanta, Myra Blow, who's the uh, associate AD there, is an ECSU grad. Uh, 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 Lynn Dawson, who's the AD at Clark, um, was, was here at Elizabeth City State for just a little while while I was here just before I went to Grambling. And... Uh, and, and, of course, Brewer over at uh, Morehouse is a good friend of mine, too. So we love to collaborate with them and um, get a chance to go to the big city down there where you are. That's what I got for you, Coach, is uh, what's your fondest memories of coming to Atlanta to either recruit or come watch ball? Man, just talk to us about your experience in the city of Atlanta and how you come down here, how you love the city, man, because the city definitely lo loves you for sure. I'd love to have you down here some more. Tell us about how you feel about the ATL in the 404, man. Yeah. Well, Final Four was in Atlanta. Um, um, I, I forget the year. Um, that it was, was 2013 or 12. 12 or 13. Okay. 13. That was one of the best Final Fours uh, that, that I can remember. I thought New Orleans was great, and I thought Atlanta was great. Obviously, it's a lot to do in Atlanta. Um, 
And so I don't get down there often. Uh, I've, I've spent some time there when my son was playing AAU, uh, coming down there to, to Sewanee, uh, to the Sewanee, uh, which is uh, Sewanee uh, uh, Sports Club, which is out there in uh, Dun- Dun- Dunwoody or wherever it is. Dunwoody, Dun- yeah, Dunwoody. Right, and then uh, – so I've, I've spent some time there. Uh, I, I used to always, before I started wearing custom suits, I used to love to go over to Chattahoochee Valley Road to go to the K&G over there, which is the master. Of the yes, indeed. The right way it is. I don't. I don't ever. Uh, I don't ever go to Atlanta without stopping through there and going over to Friedman's, uh, Friedman Shoes, which is across the street, and then uh, D&K uh, suits. Now, of course, I shouldn't be saying that because I don't know if they advertise and they should spend some money because we're giving them free advertising. <laughs> they should. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, so, so, I, so, so I, I like going to Atlanta, and obviously the food there is really good. When Gladys Knight Chicken and Waffles was there, that's always that was always a stop that I would make. And there's another spot that I like. Um, uh, man, it's so good. Um, um, man, I can't think of it right now, but but I always make my way down. It's in Midtown. Um, um, it's a really good soul food restaurant. So I love the food there. I love Atlanta. A lot, lot of things to do there. Um, uh, so Atlanta's always yeah, man. Atlanta's always a lot of fun. Coach Walker, man, I'm glad for your time today. Man, this was fun, man. We'll do this again real soon. And I'll definitely be cheering for your team and keep an eye on you. We'll definitely do this again, have you on the show again. Uh, we'll stay in contact. If you get down the way, man, let me know, man. I'll definitely make time to meet up with you, Coach. Absolutely, man. And what we're going to do is um, I'm going to flip this. Like I said, we're going to do the reciprocal. And one more contact you once we're done. And I'm going to have you to come on my coach talk so you can talk about your experiences there in Atlanta, with the Hawks and your experiences with with uh, uh, the Falcons and Tennessee State and all that good stuff, and you'll be able to give me a uh, give my coaches and guys a lot of insight. So I want to return the favor, and maybe next week we can get you to come on Sean Walker's face Facebook Live Coach Talk. I can do that. It's hey, yeah. consider it done. I'll be there, right. Coach. I'll all be right. there. <laughs> all right, we got it, baby. We got it. Appreciate it, folks. It's Sean Walker here on the Boss Man Show. Great job, Coach. For all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at BlueberryProductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions. Also, a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Hey there, your yard took a real beating this summer. Luckily, Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard has your back. Just feed your grass with Scott's again this fall when the air is cool and the soil is warm. It's the perfect time to give your lawn a boost. If you do, Winter Guard will give your yard the nourishment it needs to help weak, thin grass recover and support root growth, giving you a greener, more resilient lawn both now and next spring. Guaranteed. Grab a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard today. You'll be back to barbecuing in no time. This is a Scott's Yard. Hey, parents. We all try to be extra careful with our children in the car, but then we get an important call or text. Remember, our children are watching. Make every drive a good example. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash BITZ to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. 
Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. Today we have them from Family Grind ENC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan, for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. When you're a teen, you finally get to make some of your own decisions. Who are you going to hang out with? What do you want to be? Are you going to glance at that text while driving? Remember, a split second is all it takes for something tragic to happen. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org B-I-T-Z to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer, all the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby. And it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. 
great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar Memphis. All right, folks, back in the Boss Man Show. Time for JC Boss Segment. Bruh, the playoffs started, man. How you doing over there in Memphis, man? Man, we good, man. Uh, just chilling up here. You know, my Grizz got knocked out in the playoff game, man. So, uh, no playoffs for us this year, man. But, you know, sitting back watching these uh, these games, man. Man, no doubt. Now, We'll talk about his, his, his topic first right here. Adam Silver wants to do his play-in game again. Um, how'd you like the play-in game? Uh, the pressure of the game, and you know you gotta win two for your nine seed, win one for the eighth seed. I think it was a cool concept, but you know I'm a traditionalist. Um, a, a two games to me enough to determine whether you're to be the eighth seed or not. Not need a play-in game, but it was exciting. But Adam Silver wants to go with go with down the road. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's a great idea if they if they plan on shortening the regular season to down to like seventy five or, or sixty six games or something like that. Then yeah, a playing game would be an excellent idea. But as far as if you go keep the full slate of eighty two games, and I'm with you. I'm a tradition traditionalist also as far as they should definitely uh, keep it the way it is. But I mean, it's a great it's a great wrinkle to add into the uh, into the mix stuff because the game itself was very entertaining. You know, it came down to the wire, and you know, it was no way in hell the Grizz gonna win twice uh, in that scenario. But you know, this past that, that, that past Saturday, you know, when the game went down, the playing game, you know, everybody in Memphis was tuned in. I'm sure everybody in Portland was watching, also, man. So I, I'm in favor of it if they do plan on uh, cutting down the regular season, because I mean, it, it would be a great look. But 82 games is long enough to determine uh, who the HC is. And you know. It, I, the bubble kind of made it happen because, you know, to bring 22 teams that had to make, to make it make sense. And they literally said yeah. that if they can get in the playoffs, he ain't coming down now. So to make it make sense, mm -hmm. you had to give some an incentive. And But the Grizz, to me, did get kind of shafted because the over the totality of the year, they were the AFC. We got to the bubble, things didn't go their way. So in it, the Grizzlies should kind of feel slighted but it was good for the NBA. Yeah, and I mean, the way, you know, the way it went down, uh, if we didn't have corona, no pandemic, yeah, I think the Grizz would have held on uh, to the AFC, but it got knocked out the first round by the Lakers. But um, the way the way everything went down now, like, we, I, I really didn't want to see the Grizz in the playoffs this year anyway after the long layoff and the injuries and everything. It wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been our – best representation of oh, ourselves, of the team. Yeah, so it, it worked out the way it was supposed to, man. But next year, though, oh, man, the Grizz coming. But then the Western Conference is going to be even tougher next year. We got to put Golden State back in the mix, man. So it's no guarantee the Grizz make the playoffs next year, you know. But I think just having that having that kind of, like, playoff experience in a way mm -hmm. of having to play these games in the bubble and the play-in game, like, that's invaluable for a young team, the youngest team in the NBA. Most definitely. Such the Grizzlies, man. Yeah, so it's all going to work out in the long run. Now, also, bro, the playoffs are started. Let's start, like, today, man. Houston Rockets 
up 2-0 on the Thunder without Russell Westbrook. And actually, they're defending like crazy. Like, they've been in the bubble. The Rockets playing defense. Mike D'Antoni, uh, his team, defending. <laughs> 2020, th- upside down again, bro. <laughs> hey, man, the upside down, right? This is the weirdest year ever, you know, it- Everything's up in the air. Everything's crazy. So why not? Why not the Rockets being a a decent de- defensive team, man, in the bubble? Like, I mean, you can literally see the, a scenario where the Rockets could be NBA champions, man. Like, it's that crazy, man. It really is, dude. I mean, they played two great games so far. You know, without Westbrook, uh, shit, shoot. I mean, my bad. Can we say? Can we say? Uh, Hey, I'll end are the Rockets a better team? <laughs> yeah. Are they a better team without Russell Westbrook at this point? If it comes down to it against the Lakers, no. But against OKC, yes. Like, yeah. this is my thing. Keep him out until you lose and have to play him. Yeah. You know, to let him rest and recover. So, man, I'm yeah. – hey, if I'm Houston, I bought some time for his, his leg to heal. Absolutely, you know why not, man? I, like, they could de- they could very well sweep uh, OKC and not need Russell at all this first round, man. So I'm I'm definitely in agreement with that, man. Rest them as long as you can, and then you know in case of emergency, break that glass, man. But like I I, I love I love the idea of having the ball in, in Harden's hands. You know what I'm saying? Like he's gonna make the best decision possible. Westbrook is great, but he's just too he's still too erratic for me, you know. Too many turnovers and just like I think the Rockets function best when Harden has the ball. They do, they do for sure, most definitely because all the eyes defensively are on James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Now, what it does do when you put too much attention on Harden, you have to pick your poison. Is it Westbrook for two? Yeah. Of course, I'm let Westbrook go for two. Of course, I'm a defense. So yes, I'm with you right. now. Pick your poison with Harden in his hands. Go for it. Also. The Celtics and Sixers, uh, bro, I know somebody's going to get me in trouble with my guy, Al Horford, but he's, he's finished, man. He got that one last deal from Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. All the times called up Al Horford bad. And oh, yeah. come yeah. off the bench he's, now. He's um, yeah, yeah, I love Al Horford, man. That's my guy. But, man, he doesn't fit in Philadelphia. I'm he, His agent was happy. And he's going that deal from Philadelphia, four years, $94 million because, man, He's went downhill fast, and Elton Brand and Brett Brown are in trouble, probably, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, they get swept or lose the first round regardless. I think Brown's out of there, man. You know, uh, and, and it makes sense at this point because Philly is too, too talented of a team to be knocked out in the first round. I know they missed the Ben Simmons and everything, but they, 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 you would think they would still put up a better effort than what they've done so far uh, in these two playoff games, man. And, you know, they're a team that is underachieving, man. And, you know, why you still have this window, you know, with a young Ben Simmons and a young Joel Embiid, man, you got to go try to win the chip. And I don't think uh, Brown's uh, the right coach for, uh, for, for that team going forward, man. Just think of how many guys they traded away they could have killed, like Robert Covington, Dario Sarge, TJ McConnell, yeah. all these guys, yeah. uh, Mikael Bridges with Phoenix now. Uh, all these guys they traded away trying to go for the for the gusto, and now look at them, they're mismatched, thin, yeah. and very top and front court heavy. You can't be front court heavy in the NBA. You have to be guard heavy, not front yeah. heavy. 
they're very much front court heavy with mismatched pieces. Right. The pieces don't match. You you absolutely spot on, boss. The pieces don't match. I think Elton Brand kind of let his playing days kind of you know uh, cloud his uh, his judgment there as far as you know all the bigs and front court players. But uh, but yeah, the pieces don't match, man. And you know you, you got you got to make a move. You got to fire uh, Brown because. You don't want an unhappy Joel Embiid next season, man. You know, or Joel Embiid that is ready, you know, once his, once his contract is up to get up out of there. You know, those are franchise corner pieces. But if you are going to flip one of them, the time is now. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to try to flip one of them to get even, you know, more pieces down the road, mm-hmm. you know, the time is now, man, to make that happen. Most definitely. And this series ain't getting too much play because of playing the court, but Jock Vaughn, is coaching his butt off for the Nets. He he might not get that job in Brooklyn, but he's definitely earned him a second gig somewhere because he has those guys, a G League plus team, if you if you look at it, playing hard and competing every night, defending the some is Portland, some of the Raptors two games. They're playing hard for this man. If I won't get it, won't get the job, but he's definitely earning a job elsewhere for sure. Somewhere, at least another yeah. shot somewhere. I've always liked Jack Vaughn, man. You know, going back to his playing days in Kansas, uh, the time that he was in San Antonio as an assistant. He also had a uh, he st- he had a head coaching gig in Orlando, also, right? He sure did with the man. Uh, yeah, the- yeah, yeah, for a year or two, yeah. So I, you know, I've always liked him, man. Good guy, good guy to talk to, um, man. But yeah, he's doing a great coaching job, and it almost makes you think Kyrie who, you know, KD who, but. You know, when those guys come back in the mix next season, man, Brooklyn's going to be tough, man. You talk about a big three. You know, Kyrie, KD, and Levert. Jesus. If they can, just, if they can blend, man, and, and Kyrie can get in the right headspace, man, Brooklyn can do some things next year, man. Most definitely. And Alvin Gentry got fired up by the Pelicans. Um, I fear it's going to happen, happen to Lloyd Pierce in Atlanta, that, you know, you get them to a certain point, they're going to fire you and bring in another guy to take him over the top. And you put you took all the ills, dealt all the injuries and hard losses on your record. You can't get another job elsewhere, but they fire you and you can bring, bring in some answers to take his place. So Alvin Jones to me didn't get, a, didn't get a fair shake this time because Zion was hurt, all, all them injuries, the pandemic, and the guy's out of shape. Let's be honest, Zion was out of shape. I don't know how much the guy weighed. Yeah. He labored out there a minute or two up and down the court. How are you holding as his Alvin entry? You know what I'm saying? So I feel like he had a raw deal here. A lot of coaches in the community are saying he had a raw deal. Yeah. I believe he did too. Extremely, extremely raw deal, man. Uh, it's unfair. You know, that's how it goes sometimes in the NBA for blackhead coaches, man, as we all know. Uh, you talk about a guy that's been there five years uh, and everything that happened this year. You know, how can you, how can you judge his coaching ability off a messed up season like this, man? Like, you know, if you are uh, David Griffin, man, at least wait until next season, man. And, you know, I, I would even been, I would even been okay with maybe uh, next season, you know, midway point all-star break if the Pelicans are, under, are underachieving then, you know, and not meeting expectations. Okay, let them go then, man. But that's, that's no way in hell you can make a decision based off of him and his ability to coach his team, you know, in the bubble, in the pandemic, you know. And I, think, I think it was really an unfair expectation for them to even think that they were going to have a chance, you know, to make the playoffs, man. When Zion, he's he's obviously not healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's he's not right, you know, as far as his body, man. Uh, he has to lose weight. 
um, yeah. you know, for Zion to be effective going forward in his future. But yeah, that, that was a totally raw deal, man, for Gentry to get to go out like that. Speaking of a potential replacement, uh, Teron Lou, who wants to poach uh, Thompson Billups out of the broadcast booth to be an assistant coach. Now I know Billups wanted a front office role, but he's getting the coaching bug. Now, what thing about a uh, Teron Lou, associate head coach, is Chauncey Billups in New Orleans or wherever Lou might get a job next year? I can see it happening. I can see it happening. Definitely, Tyron Lou, championship winning head coach, man. You know he can do the job. Uh, he's waiting on the right opportunity. I uh, thought he had the Lakers gig, uh, you know, about a year or so ago. That didn't pan out. But, yeah, definitely, man. Like, I could see if you exchange you exchange Alvin Gentry for uh, a Tyron Lewis, something like that. Okay, all right, you're working with something then, man. You talk about a guy that the, the players – he's still – Tyron Lewis is still a guy that I think players can relate to. You know, uh, he's a player's coach, and they're going to be able to relate to him. And you bring in somebody with that championship pedigree – Guys will automatically perk their ears up and listen to whatever he's got to say. Not saying that the Pelican, Pelican players tuned out Alvin Gentry. It's, it's a different – it hits different when you're a head coach that's won a championship as opposed to an assistant coach that's won a championship, man. So, um, like I said, I would definitely be in favor. He know, he's going to get a job somewhere. You know, why not New Orleans, man? I think that would be a great look for him. Just don't take the Chicago job. That's a three-year fire and waiting to happen. <laughs> that's, that's toxic, man. That is toxic yeah. uh, all the way around, man, that whole Bulls thing, man. Stay away from that. Do you think, real quick, do you think Mike D'Antoni is saving his job in Houston or, or no? I think he has. Like, the way this thing is going, like, D'Antoni, <laughs> he might have saved his job, man. I think, he, I think the Rockets are going to advance far. And, you know, say what you want about him, man. And, and you know, his, his relationship with the, owner, the owners there, the ownership in Houston. But I think he saved his job, man, and is going to get that much-wanted extension that he's been seeking, man. Like, he's doing an out, outstanding job right now. Most definitely. And, bro, this is the, to the NFL. Dennis Bryant worked out with the Ravens today, left out a contract. Um I think this is maybe maybe a way to tamp down them on Antonio Brown. You know his cousin wants him on the team, and Lamar Jackson wants him. Well, well let's just do Dez Bryant first. I think Dez Bryant needs this shot, bro. I don't think he has anymore. That Achilles injury in New Orleans did it. His knees are already gone in Dallas. I think I know he wants to play. But I think Dez Bryant's time has passed him by. It has. The only the only way I would consider Dez being on my team is if he switched positions, if he went to tight end. That's the only way I would consider it, man, because the way the game is played now, as far as being a number one, number two, or even a number three receiver, man, speed kills. And Dez, he was never a fast guy. He was always a guy that can high point, high point the ball, you know, and, and out-muscle and out-physical other DBs, you know, to get the ball. So he was never a speed demon, you know. But if, if I told Dez, hey, man, put on 10 pounds of muscle, and let's try you out at tight end. I think he may have, you know, a couple more years left in him if he switched position. But as far as receiver, nah, it's not happening. Because you see, he didn't he didn't receive a contract from Baltimore uh, after the workout, man. And I think the other receiver also that was trying out for a spot was Dwayne uh, Harris. former Cowboy, Dwayne Harris. Yeah. You know, and Dwayne Harris, can do, he, he can do more things. He, he can play special teams. He can be a punt returner for you. You know, so uh, I think Dwayne Harris probably has a better chance of getting that gig than, uh, than Dez Bryant. And poor Dez, man, you know, um, 
you talk about a guy that was all pro, putting up big-time numbers, you know, when Romo was quarterback, man. Uh, you know, you hate for him to go out like this. Man. But now it's there. It seems thirsty to me, man. Like, I, I hope I hope he, he, you know, his finances are good and he's made his money. You know, we know he made his money. He's, you know, he take care of. He can't live out the rest of his years on it. But if it's a money thing that he's that he's going after, you know, because he needs it, or it, it, does he need the money, or does does, does he just want to play football? You know, it's two different things, two different motivations there. If, you, if you're doing it for the money, you know, I, maybe that's the reason why he's been trying to, you know, hang in there these last few years. But if you're doing it out of pure love, I can understand it. But you want to be able to, um, you know, I, I hope that he would go out, you know, uh, have have a better chance to go out than, uh, than what's happened so far for him, man. Most definitely. And the SEC, bro, is uh, green-lighting fans and stands, man. And, you know, most of the schools SEC in the South and then Republican-controlled states like Tennessee or Georgia where, you know, we know where our governors stand. They're, they're stooges of you-know-who. And I feel like, you know, they, they're asking for people to die, asking for a lawsuit because mm-hmm. somebody go to the game, the fan Rocky Top, or go to Vanderbilt or wherever, they're going to get sick. And they don't come back and try to sue you for it. So make them sign a waivers. Yes. It's the trying to push forward yes. with college kids who are unpaid labor, um, unpaid young black men, and you put them in peril to play games in stadiums and putting fans in peril as well, who are older in the South and, and, and unhealthier in the South. Bro, the recipe for the disaster SEC is putting themselves in right now, bro, in my opinion. It's crazy, but like I said, you know, pandemics, I mean, pandemics, but outbreaks are happening. You know, it seems like every day now on big time campuses, man, Ole Miss, like you said, just announced uh, their outbreaks of, you know, as far as COVID 19 uh, related cases, man. So, man, just shut it down, man. Like, I mean, at this point, man, shut it down. Like, why are y'all even playing, man? If I'm, if I'm an SEC player, man, I can't, I can't go out there and, you know, in good conscience, give it my 100% all. No one has a chance I could get sick. I'm going to recover, you know, but what's my, you know, prognosis, you know, going forward, you know, throughout my life, man? Like, what type of ailments am I going to have, you know, health health issues that could be lingering down the road, man? This whole thing is just so scary, man. So, you know, these guys, you know, the powers that be are putting them out there. You know, it's all for the mighty dollar bill, but at the end of the day, man, like, come on, what are we doing? You know, we did Most definitely. Yeah, what are we doing, man? And speaking of that, what you just mentioned, bro, right here in Atlanta, Georgia State quarterback is out for the year because of a heart ailment from having COVID-19. Mm. COVID-19 affects every organ in your body. I guess you're lying. There it is. It, affects, it, it can really hurt your heart. Remember, an NBLB player, COVID-19, out if you're the heart ailment. So COVID-19 attacks the whole body. It may come yeah. in the form of respiratory and a flu, cold look, but it's doing way more. It's damaging the body and major organs. And a young man in his 20s, out for the year with a heart ailment from COVID-19. And people will still want to be fools and believe it's a hoax because certain people in power will tell them it's a hoax so that they want to get reelected re- re- as president. It's it's wild, man. You know, um, and it's like it's like one of those things where you know how when you, when you turn on the news and you see, you know, if you had this, if you had that, you may be entitled to yes. uh, a settlement. That's that's gonna happen. Uh, you know, COVID nineteen down. Once they find out 
all the different ailments and things that can come about. Like that's that's what's gonna be next, man. Uh, it's just a scary time that we're living in, and you know, at this point, I don't blame the Big Ten commissioner for shutting it down because you know you, you gotta think about the long term, the long term effect of this thing, man. Yeah, you might recover in the short short end of it, you know, if you're a young, strong you know, college athlete, but man, 30, when you turn 30, 35, 40, you just don't, you just don't know what's down the road, man. Once you uh, come in contact with this uh, disease, you know, so it's, it's wild. It's wild, man. That we, we, we're actually talking about, you know, putting kids out there risking their life, you know, uh, on the short end and the long end of it. Only in America. In America, and bro, before we close up shop, tell us a recap for us the Central AF podcast from last week. What you got coming up with for the people this week, brother? Oh man, Central AF podcast. You know, we stream live each and every Sunday on Facebook at six o'clock. Um, man, last week, you know, of course, a lot of uh Kamala Harris talk, you know, uh, her being nominated for the VP and, and everything you know that comes with that. Man, we talked about that and broke it down. Oh, uh, man, this week, hey, we know we got to talk about that Sweetie Pie story, man. I, I know you heard about that, boss. I did. I know you heard about that. That's the craziest story in the world, man. Everybody has an opinion on that. You know, that's, that's foul. Like, how can you, you know, uh, take out an insurance policy and have your, your nephew murdered like that, fam? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So we go definitely get into that, man, and everything going on in the world coming up on the next uh, Essential AF podcast show, man. Bro, no doubt. JC, man, keep it safe, my brother, man. Hold it down. And, bro, my both us got on our, our Nike gear, so we both represent Nike today as well. Uh, bro. So, <laughs> swoosh all day. <laughs> Nike, Nike gang. And swoosh life. Yeah, yeah, all day. Gang, 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 gang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, bro. All right, next week, bro. That's JC Smith right, on the show. Skips keeping the beach and not close enough so that space between you and me let's lose it the way you're dancing swaying to the music girl that body and how you move it every time you cross my mind girl i lose it alexa play the country heat playlist okay with amazon music a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know. All the stars are closer. All the stars are closer. Tell me what you're going to do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Somebody to love. Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.